Today, Rinpoche stressed the point that valid establishment does not contradict the lack of intrinsic existence. Emptiness does not contradict conventional reality. Om Tare Tu Tare Tu Re Guru Namaya Kensei Geshe Wanda Gayu Punina Punguru Soha. Mm-hmm. So, once again, uh, welcome to the Chen Rezik Tibetan Buddhist Center. We are studying Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment. Um, and in it, we find all of Lord Buddha's teachings summarized into three categories. These three categories are called the uh, teachings for beings of three capacities. The first category of teachings of the three is for teachings for being uh, teachings shared in common with beings of small capacity. And these teachings lead to the higher realms, the gods and humans and so forth. Uh, by practicing going for refuge to the three jewels of the Buddha, the Dharma and the Sangha and engaging in ethics which abandons the ten non-virtuous activities, one is able to achieve higher realm rebirth. The next set of teachings are the teachings for shared in common with beings of medium capacity. These are four beings who wish to achieve nirvana or an individual nirvana. This practitioner engages in the three highest higher trainings. Highest higher training in ethics, concentration and wisdom, and independence upon these trainings, he or she is able to achieve higher, uh, um, complete nirvana, their own individual liberation. And the last set of teachings or teachings for beings of great capacity uh, and these are for practitioners who wish to achieve complete Buddhahood. So this practitioner engages in the already mentioned practices and couples them with the generation of the mind that aspires to enlightenment and then a practice of the six perfections. Uh, so this is um, how we categorize the Lord Buddha's teachings and summarize them by way of three. Dixon. Mesha Tatan 
गाजल Tell 
Ma 
Okay. Tuche. So when we speak of um, conventional, it's referring to conventional truth. Um, and when we speak of ultimate, it's referring to the ultimate truth. Um, ultimate truth refers to emptiness, refers to the cessations. Um, and then conventional truth refers to form and such that we interact with. Um, so, um, beginning on page 159, um, right... Um, where the, in, the 400 stanzas is introduced three-quarters of the way or two-thirds of the way down the page. The Master Chandrakirti also clearly states that rational analysis of reality does not refute all forms of production. His commentary on 400 stanzas says, Incorrect position. Aryadeva means that compounded phenomena lack production because this analysis refutes all forms of production. Reply, in that case, the production of compounded phenomena would not be like a magician's illusion. Rather, we would make it understood using examples such as the son of a barren woman. Wary of the absurd implication that dependent arisings would not exist, we avoid such comparisons. Instead, we compare the production of things to a magician's illusion and so forth, examples that do not contradict dependent arising. The phrase, this analysis, refers to rational analysis of reality. Refutes all forms of production means refuting all productions of any kind without adding any qualification to be the object to be negated. The passage referring to the barren woman should be understood as follows. If reason refuted all production, then Production, like the son of a barren woman, the horns of a hare and such, would be a non-thing, empty of all function. In that case, there would be the fallacy that dependent arisings would not exist. We are wary of that. Hence, we do not say that it is like the non-production of something devoid of the capacity to perform functions, such as the son of a barren woman. We say that production is like a magician's illusion and so forth. Therefore, we, ref we refute truly existent or intrinsically existent production. Also, Chandrakirti's commentary on the 400 stanza says, objection, if eyes and such do not exist, then how can the sensory faculties of organs, such as the eye, be considered things that result from karma? Reply, would we refute that it is the nature of these to, re to result from karma? Objection, since the, you are demonstrating the refutation of eyes and such, how could you not refute that? Reply, because our analysis is intent upon seeking intrinsic nature. We refute here the, that things in, exist essentially. We do not refute that eyes and such are products and are dependently arisen results of karma. Therefore, they exist. Hence, when eyes and such are explained only as results of karma, they do exist. Hence, Chandrakirti very, clear, very clearly st states exactly 
what reason does and does not refute. Therefore, once he makes these distinctions in one passage, they must be applied, even when they are not stated in all similar passages throughout the text. Therefore, reason refutes essential existence, objective existence, Existence found on the side of the thing itself does not refute mere existence. Since he says that reason is intent on seeking intrinsic nature, mm-hmm. reason seeks to discover whether something intrinsically exists. <laughs> Therefore, this means that a refutation by such analysis is a refutation of intrinsic existence. Hence, distinguish these two. Chandrakirti does not refute that such instances are results of karma. Moreover, he says that Madhyamaka must assert this. The continuation of that passage says, therefore the learned do not subject worldly objects to the analysis just explained, <laughs> i.e. the analysis congruent with the perception of reality. Instead, they accept that worldly objects are, are simply the inconceivable results of karma. They accept the whole thing as though it were an emanation projected by another emanation. So when you present the two truths, does the line of reasoning that established the ultimate contradict the presentation of the conventional? If it does, then your presentation of the two truths contradicts itself. In that case, how can you have perfected the skill of positing the two truths? If, on the other hand, there is no trace of internal contradiction in your presence of the two truths, then it is a contradiction to claim that the line of reasoning that establishes the ultimate refutes the presentation of conventionalities. Chandrakirti's clear words also says, Unskilled in the ultimate and conventional truths, you sometimes apply analytical standards inappropriately and destroy the conventional. Because we are skilled in positing conventional truths, we stay with the world's position. We, we use its conventional standards to overturn the c- standards that you set so as to eliminate the category of conventionalities. Like the elders of the world, we drive out only you who deviate from the traditional standards of the world. We do not drive out conventionalities. Deekson. Kazajinji,Kazajinji,Kuyamba,Denji,Naja,Langendo,Deba,Yemetan,Kronki,Kronki,Naja,Shebi,Debanila,Tentambi,Suji,Jibi,Kunzubi,Tentam,Sunji
Thus, this master did not at all intend to use reason to refute conventional forms and such. In brief, while one person may try to find contradictions in another person's presentation of the two truths, I hold that there is no one from any Indian Buddhist tenet system, Madhyamaka or otherwise, who says, in my own presentation of the two truths, reasoning directed at the ultimate eradicates conventional objects. ดิกซอนเรมเจนโดนาอมาบาอมาบาเนปาเซเมจูปาออเดเดอืมตาวจูดามาตะเลจีวาเลสเลสเชดามาโดตะบานีเทเมจูดามาวาเซซามบาโด
一摆做这边，一摆来上。等到月半呢，等到月半呢，这款等到月半年度打完呢，等于通往满意呢，满意了，写下我主播。等于等于就是，重点的是重点的是，明天拿完太阳怎么明？写书后，装备。雨天七八斤，都困难你了，都困难你了，吃嘛买一把，加给雨天了，买一把，七千多，十万多哦，都在买一呢，都在买一呢，里面多，里面多，里面多，我觉得，没了手笔，七八得的，他那边，主要是这了，是吧？是这了，是吧？说吧啦，吃嘛伊呢？他讲那你，他有些是，怕人再没过吧？他老些怕那呢，没给些呗，有些呢，咱咱也不啦，那我对面都，他些不等咱咱啦，如这了如这数如这数，他有些多。他能做啊？对面多，他是哪呢？心多，对呗。对面对吧？继续做。我那是这边这边来，干呀？对，我不拿把，我不拿把鞋吧？这我说你多，多大呢？多大呢？以前嘛，年度都不是吧？呢，这样这些都满足我些个，没了有些吧？呢，今天今天呢，这么年度多呢，哪怕些吧，哪怕些吧，重点的是，有些也没些，对吧？所以去年呢。你们大伯送书，刚才是准备，准备六一去年当，你们大伯，你们大伯等人，没路啊，买一台，哪怕现在多一家那边，我不拉，哪怕现在多，他有些肉，得得，得得就比这么。什么年度大笔、日笔、日笔、日笔买一点，哪怕写把唐诗，哪怕写把唐诗，什么年度，他话就有些咯。写没了书笔，没了书笔，写把哪，什么买一笔，写嘎巴，就在长江呢。你得呢，没到南安呢，什么没？写书当蒙着雨。多比那先多吃有，先多吃不消哦。这个没给吃不了说吧，没给吃不了说吧。我送一百张，吃满满一百，干不干不呢？多给一多吧，干不一百，他妈第一，多了就呢。一家比一家厉害。
ਤੋਗ ਬੰਦੇ ਨਾ ਜਿਹਨੇ ਵੀ ਤਨਲਾ ਤਾਂ ਤੇ ਮਜਾ ਇਸਰ ਸ਼ੇਬਾ ਜਨੋ ਤਰ ਜਨੋ ਤਰ ਚਤਾਵੋ ਕੋਨਾ ਨੇ ਉਹਨਾਂ ਨੂੰ ਕੋਨਾ ਨੇ ਜਾਵਾ ਸ਼ਾ ਜੋ ਆਈ ਮੇ ਤੇ ਤੇ ਵਸ਼ਾ ਇਸਰ ਚੇਜੇ ਉਹਨੂੰ ਕਾਂ ਕੀ ਇਸੇ ਗੇਸੀ ਤਬਸ਼ਾਉ ਹੈਬਾ ਨੂੰ ਸ਼ਿਵਗੋਸੂ ਮਾਇਨੋ ਸ਼ਿਵਗੋਸੂ ਮਾਇਨੋ ਸ਼ਿਵਾ ਜਰਵਾਸ਼ੀ ਕਾਂ ਤੋਬਤਾ ਚਾਉ ਤੋਬਾ ਤੋਬਾ ਦੇ ਚਿਸੀ ਚਿਸੀ ਤੇ ਜਲਾ ਮੇਦਾ ਜਿਸੋ ਜਿਸੋ ਹਾਬਰ ਦੁਦੋਬਾ ਸ਼ੁਬੇ ਦੁਜੀ ਜੇ ਦੁਜੀ ਸ਼ੇ ਦੁਸੇ ਆਬੋ ਆਬੋ ਦੇ ਤਦਾ ਚੈਸਰ ਹੋਵੇ ਨਵਸ਼ੇਬਾ ਨਵਸ਼ੇਬਾ ਨਾ ਯੂਜੇ ਯੂਜੇ ਉਹ ਬਹੁਤ ਗਲੇ ਜਿਨਾ ਯੂਜੀ ਰੰਗ ਇਸਨੀ ਤੇ ਓਕੇ 615 Ramche de de sikache moi de chesong saka de dedang jewe de dets moi Ramche de ne ye apukado tu tu bande chishi ta da la mida riso kaba ਦੁਦੋਬਾ ਸ਼ੁਬੇ ਦੁਸ਼ੇ ਯਬਤੇ ਤਦਾ ਦੇਸ਼ ਆਂ ਵੀ ਸ਼ੇਬਨ ਨਾ ਸ਼ੇਬਨ ਨਾ ਨਾ ਨਹੀਂ ਜਰਾਂ ਕਿ ਚੈਨੀ ਜੋਤੋ ਮੈਂ ਬਤਾਂ ਸ਼ੀਲਾ ਤਾਂ ਸ਼ੀਲਾ ਜੁਬਿਸ਼ਰ ਮੋਸੋਂ ਜੀ ਦੇ ਜੁਬਸ਼ਾ ਤੇ ਸ਼ੇਸੋਂ ਬਤਰ ਯਬਦੋ ਯਬਦੋ ਦੇਨੇ ਲੈਲਾ ਬਦੋ ਲੈਲਾ ਵੀ ਕਾ ਓਕੇ ਐਂਡ Chapter 13 Valid Establishment You cannot eradicate conventional phenomena by refuting them through investigating whether valid cognition establishes them. So when we look at Rimache mentioned that uh that there are four tenets when we have we hear of these tenet systems there are four systems the great exposition school the sutra school the mind only school and the middle way school. In this um Lama Tsongkhapa is presenting things unless otherwise specified from the viewpoint of the middle way. Valid establishment, you cannot eradicate conventional phenomena by refuting them through investigating whether valid cognition establishes them. Um and there are some things that are in common um like you know you have the teaching shared in common with beings of small and medium capacity. There are tenets that are in common so for instance that the middle way shares with the the um great exposition school or the middle way school shares with mind only school or others but um it, ultimately their view is different so just as a translator's note i didn't want it to seem like there were these separate systems that don't have any kind of uh um coherent connection okay 
cannot eradicate conventional phenomena by refuting them through investigating whether valid cognition establishes them. As to assertions about forms and such, we do not hold that valid cognition does not establish them. Valid cognition does establish them. Uh, qualm. Then how can Chandrakirti's commentary on the middle way be correct when it says the world is not valid in any way? Reply. That passage refutes the notion that the world's visual consciousness and such are valid with regard to reality. It does not refute the validity of uh, uh, validity regarding all objects. In this vein, Chandrakirti's explanation of uh, the middle way commentary says, Accordingly, only noble beings are authority on the contemplation of reality. Those who are not noble beings are not. Those who are not noble beings would be authorities on reality if our acceptance of the world's critique meant that we accept the validity of the world's perception of our analysis of reality. The commentary on the middle way says, if the world were an authority, it would see reality. Then what need would there be for those others called noble beings? What would be the noble path? What would the noble path accomplish? It is not right that fools should be authorities. In the commentary following that uh, explanation of the middle way commentary, Chandrakirti says, because mere visual consciousness and such would ascertain reality, it would be fruitless to work at ethics or to study, reflect, and meditate in order to understand the noble path. However, this is not the case. Therefore, the commentary in the middle way says, because the world is not valid in any way, the world has no critique in the context of reality. Also, Chandrakirti's commentary on Nagarjuna's 60 stanzas of reasoning says, to view those forms and such as simply existing is not to see reality. In order to establish this, the Bhagavan said, the eye, ear, and nose consciousness are not valid cognitions. Since Chandrakirti cites such scripture, it is extremely clear that what he refutes is that visual consciousness and such are valid with regard to a special object, reality, and not that they are valid with regard to other objects. If it is not taken in this way, his statements would be inconsistent. Suppose Chandrakirti meant if visual consciousness and such were valid regarding conventional objects, such as forms and sounds, then it would absurdly follow that there is no need to strive at the noble path in order to perceive reality. This would be as senseless as saying that if visual consciousness is aware of form, it follows that the ear is not needed to hear sounds. On the other hand, suppose he meant if the visual consciousness were valid with regard to forms, then it would absurdly follow that it is pointless to strive at the noble path in order to perceive things such as forms and sounds. We completely agree with this, so what unwanted absurdity does it, de does it demonstrate? Quam, Chandrakirti's commentary on the 400 stanzas says, it is quite inconsistent to call sensory consciousness perception and also to consider it as valid with regard to other things, as the world sees it. A valid cognition is simply a non-deceptive consciousness. However, the Bhagavan said that, the even, that even consciousness, is, because it is composite, has a false and deceptive quality and is like a magician's illusion. That which has a false and deceptive quality and is like a magician's illusion, is not non-deceptive because it exists in one way but appears in another. It is not right to designate such a valid cognition because it would then absurdly fall that all consciousnesses would be valid cognitions. 
How do you interpret this general refutation of the position that visual consciousness and such are valid cognitions? Unlike the passage, eye, ear, and nose are not valid, this passage has been in a source of grave doubt. Therefore, I will explain it in detail. This refutation of position that the visual consciousnesses and such are both perceptions and valid cognitions is a, a refutation of the assertions of the logicians. Therefore, let us start by considering what they assert. Chandrakirti's commentary on the 400 stanzas said, says, Because the logicians are utterly unpracticed in the sensory sensibilities of the world, you must train them from the very beginning like young children. Hence, in order to teach them, you question them closely, asking, What is the perception in your system? They uh, answer, A consciousness is a perception. What sort of consciousness? One that is free from conceptuality. What is conceptuality? It is the fluctuation of the discrimination that is involved in the superimposition of names and types to objects. Because they are free from that, the sensory consciousnesses engage only the inexpressible intrinsic character of their objects. They are therefore called perceptions. Okay. Rimache, Triodan Lenja de Moalo. Okay. Zembashi Dene, dena, dear dedag. Ludo, Luban dena, Chibanjuatar, Ragimu, Ruba, Ragatinje, Ruban Tanya Dong, Mejibe, Obi, Shibana, Ratana Zuba, Tamakalaji. Dena, Kalajes, Dena. Dr. 
Sama Sama Mahimba Goje Bate Maluyu Same Six Sixteen The Dixon Rimache Rimache Not to the Triwa Dan Lenja Dixon The 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 Chiran Nahakogudu Chiran Kabaleson Nay Logian The Nay The Triwa Dan Lenja Yabudu Okay um, so just give me one second. Just everybody bear with me a second. I just have to figure out where we just kind of stopped. And I'll just read up to there. And let's see. Hence, the logicians hold that a perception is a consciousness that is free from conceptuality and non-mistaken. So Rinpoche said... Um, right when he read that, that that's the actual definition um, that they use in debate uh, for valid cognition or valid establishment, SEMA. Um, um, so um, it's translated a lot of different ways, but valid establishment is what they're using here. So it's a, a consciousness that is free from conceptuality and non-mistaken. The Rimbache, the Uma Uma Sema Seni Sardu Malu Ripa Sardu Sardu Malu Ripa Ngosun Seni Ale Ngosun Sema Semi Drupa Sardu Malu Ngosun The Sema Gitsen Semi Drupa Tobata Matrizal Sardu Malu Ripa Ngosun Semi Seni Ale Ngosun Sema Ale Dene the Sema the Dene あれ。もうそのケジトンボ様。ケジにばべしてしろ。でね、で田んぼ、うん、デスクルムチンイチュアイレ。66。トポダンジャシンマチュージパ、よまれべ、ジパ、シェバチパ。Dopa Dandelshi Matrui Sheba Ripa Yar. So um we actually in use a slightly different um uh word um when we this why the um we use it awareness that is free from non mistaken Sardu Sardu Ripa Dopa free from conceptuality not mistaken an awareness that is non-mistaken and free from conceptuality as opposed to using consciousness for some reason and I asked Rinpoche if consciousness or uh, Ripa is better um, and he said that it's better to use the word awareness um, I actually I don't think it's right here but you can see um, when you study debate in the monastery it's one of the very first my page is ripped off where it is but it's one of the very first things that you actually study, valid cognition and object of comprehension and so forth. And, uh, yeah, anyway. So, hence the logicians hold that a perception is a consciousness that is free from conceptuality and non-mistaken. It is non-mistaken in that it apprehends the intrinsic character of the object just as it is. 
Thus, since all five sensory perceptions comprehend the intrinsic nature of their objects, the intrinsic characteristics of forms, sounds, and so forth are the objects comprehended by the five perceptions. Therefore, it is in relation to the intrinsic character of these five objects and that they consider such perceptions to be valid. As we will explain, the master Chandrakirti does not accept even conventionally that anything exists essentially or by way of its own intrinsic character. Thus, how could he accept this claim that the sensory consciousnesses are valid in regard to the intrinsic character of their objects? However, therefore, this reputation of the claim that sensory consciousnesses are valid in a refutation of the view that they are valid with regard to the intrinsic character of the five objects. This refutation is made by way of the Bhagavan statement that consciousness is false and, and deceptive. The statement that it is deceptive refutes it being non-deceptive, and this in turn refutes its validity because... You know what? I'm going to end right, right here. At the end of uh, 165, this refutation is made. Um, just I think that's the best place to end because there was some mix-up and it's easier for us, and then I can just direct right there and make sure that we got it all. Um, and Rimche said that we can do uh, some question and answer if you want. Rimche, trio dan lenja. So does anybody have any questions? Coleman. Um, so on page 161, uh, it says, so when you present the two truths, um, what are those, that's kind of what I get lost is like what the two truths are. Is that just like conventional and then ultimate reality? Is yes. That, that's what it is. The Demba Nigare, the Demba Nigare, Gunzu Demba Dang, Dundan Demba, Kontriwa. Kuna? Tony, Tony, Dan, Gudan, Kuna? Yes. Okay. So when we look at the two truths and we fig try to figure out what they are, we would say that the conventional truth is forms and so forth and so forth. Right. Um, ultimate truth is is only, and I asked Rinpoche, that's the question I asked him, does this mean only? It's only emptiness and cessation. So that's the only thing that ref um, ultimate truth refers to. So cessation yeah. and emptiness. Dependent origination is part of emptiness? Is that kind of Dependent origination is a proof of emptiness. Right. Okay. Proves emptiness. Yeah. It's a reason why we say things are empty, because they dependently originate. It's a proof of their lack of inherent existence. It shows that they don't exist in some singular way from their own side. Any other questions? I'm sorry, I think we're just getting into it because I'm still hung up on, I think, the English words of direct, valid cognition, and because... We have to use the sensory faculties to transmit messages to our brain to tell us what we're seeing or smelling. Um, I think I'm getting hung up on the fact that there's not just a, a one-step process of apprehending an object, that there's layers to it. Right. Um, is that correct? Um, Many layers, yeah. Uh, Rinpoche, the, the Zula Tuna. The garigu, yichinabashebogu, migi nabashebogu, migi wambogu, 
Yiji Wambogu Gargu Zula Tuna Zujana Zujiji Big Shibaro Big Shiba the Yi Shiba Yiko Shiba Mik Mik Shiba Dang Yiji Shiba Mik Zutunzuna Tanta Zurishas Yi Shiba Dandu so you need both the mental consciousness and the eye consciousness, for instance, to perceive a form. Because the eye consciousness apprehends the form itself and its bareness, then the eye mental consciousness says, oh, this is a form, and then establishes it as that. So they work with, with each other when you're perceiving objects, but emptiness in things are just a mental consciousness because it's not an, a, something your sensory faculties apprehend if uh, when a buddha sees emptiness what is it is that just the one step process of direct valid perception of the way things really exist the buddha always sees that and conventional simultaneous the Doni Dopi share up, Doc Par, you're eh? Then a the con zoo tona. Con zoo, did not drop a do? The tomba ni tongudu, garton. Sanjay? The Buddha simultaneously perceives every aspect of an object. So, for instance, the Buddha uh, looks at this bell and sees the bell conventionally. Um, sees its conventional existence, sees its emptiness, uh, and that's sees is the part that I think is not good to use because it's not seeing something with an eye. Its emptiness is a, a perception of the way that it it it, it 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 exists in the world, and it isn't something that visually is apprehended. It's just that when we say the Buddha sees its emptiness, we mean the Buddha recognizes its dependent origination while seeing that it, while seeing that it conventionally exists. But there isn't any kind of break between the two. The Buddha simultaneously sees this. There isn't a step to it where the Buddha has to say, oh, this dependently originates. The Buddha no longer relies on signs. And inferential valid cognition is the step before direct valid cognition and that's where you rely on signs where you say this isn't truly established because it dependently originates and you do that enough to where you get to the point where you know it for sure you have to over and over and over and over and over again the next step is a direct perception where you see emptiness but you're not seeing anything visually you're having an experience of the nature of everything mentally does that make sense? So you no longer, yes. the Buddha doesn't need to say, oh, this is empty because it dependently originates. The Buddha sees, this is empty, this is a, a bell, this is, and, and also the Buddha could perceive what everyone else perceives it to be that um, make their karma makes them see it. Like if it's a, uh, a, a hungry ghost wouldn't see it as beautiful as we would. And the Buddha perceives that as well simultaneously perceives that a hungry ghost has the karma to perceive that. Because there's a big debate whether the Buddha can see something ugly or not. Because the, you know what I mean? Whether the Buddha can see something that is not attractive. Big debate. So how does he see suffering? 
and the de debate ends with basically that they sees the imprints and knows what they will arrive at. Doesn't actually have to see the. Is it similar to, like, for example, like an apple? Thinking about it came from a tree, it came from a seed, came from a previous seed. Mm -hmm. Like just having that knowledge. That that you would the Buddha wouldn't require that lead up. The Buddha would know. It was empty because of all that, but the because of all that wouldn't be in play any longer. It would be as much. It would be just like we see a car and say, "That's a car," you know what I mean? It'd be that that instantaneous okay. of a direct perception of its reality as as its conventional. The Buddha would see that's a car. That car's empty at the same time and just as real. So the we are very almost handicapped by the way that we can perceive things with our consciousness and our other perceptions. The Buddha it says that even the crown protrusion of the Buddha can cognize all phenomena. I think even seen like a single pore of the Buddha. What does that mean, though? <laughs> uh, just a point of clarification. Uh, Rinpoche uh, um, made a point of uh, preferring the term consciousness, awareness over consciousness. Uh, we tend to uh, use these words interchangeably in, uh, in American English. I was just wondering what, what nuance he was, uh, uh, he was highlighting. Uh, or Rinpoche, the... Um Dopadan Drelshing Zipa Matru Zipa Garshene Ripa Yar, the Sheba Yar, Garshene Zibas and Tenigan Duro Matru Ziba Mosun Tenis on you, go what the Tenijaguzo, what the Tobatis Matru Ziba Mosun Tenis. ジャパンダンサトムルゴソジバゴソセミセニトバテジマチュジバゴソセニオドゴソダゴソサマデッツゴミキシバケジトンボサマニバテチシイマレチシノノワンデッツゴポページウェザーランアゲン で、ラムレムチャモドパダンジャシンマチュエシェバ。で、ガルシネマチュエリパヨマレ。あとどっちですかよ、まだ。パジャンコルソソンジュジロ。でね、シェバダンリパドンチキヨマレ。<laughs>
It's uh, really more of a choice of words based on the, the university's uh, definition because mind, lo ripa sheba, mind, consciousness, and awareness are synonyms, are one, one meaning, dunchik. One meaning. Meaning, if you have awareness, you have consciousness. If you have consciousness, if you have awareness, you have awareness. So th those three, it's actually, I just remembered it. It's in the, the low rig text. That it's right in the beginning where it says, um, mind, it's right in there. Anyway, that's what it says. It says the three, mind, awareness, and consciousness are are one one meaning or synonymous so it's just really the choice of words and they're if they're synonymous then it means that they're interchangeable so there would be no reason other than that that's what <coughs> their book uses okay thank you It's like right in the beginning. Um, it's more of a definition thing about beings of small, medium, and great capacity. Mm -hmm. When you say that the, all these, all the teachings of the Buddha are put into those three categories. So you said something the other day, and, and I'm not sure if I heard this correctly, about kind of where Rinpoche, or maybe you could ask Geshe-la, where they consider themselves. Are they beings of small, medium, or great capacity? Well, they wouldn't be great because, or they could be. They could have achieved individual enlightenment already. But is there anything below that? I mean, we are we all beings of small capacity are striving to be? Like, so what does that mean? And where would they say they are? Like, we're literally, they, where does... Just, I'll, I'll just say really quickly, and then I'll ask them. They can't, couldn't say. Couldn't, okay. You, a practitioner who has realizations would never say, I have these realizations. It just isn't something that they would say. Um, and it's even breaks a vow for an aria to tell a non-aria that they have seen emptiness. Okay. So... Okay. Um, well, because then there's a lot of reasons, but one reason, for instance, is they're not a Buddha yet. They're not perfect yet. So then people could start to follow them like a god. Right. They could form a cult. And they're not ready. They're not Buddha. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there have been some that, like Lama Tsongkhapa proclaims in his text that he had seen emptiness. Um, but... So that's a big debate. Why did he do that? And some would say in order to make the material about emptiness uh, seem more accurate mm -hmm. because he wrote about right. emptiness. He was a writer about emptiness. So that's why he did that. He right. wrote, so, um, and he had a direct perception of Manjushri who taught him um, about it. So... You know, you also have to wonder how much is folklore, how much is, you know, you have to take that. That comes into play, you know. Rinpoche, contrary to the the Ngatsu, the Jipo Sundan Nanji Rinpo, Jipo Chungo, Jipo Din, Jipo Chembo, the Triwa Tambo, Ngatsu, Jipo Gare, Jipo Chungo, Jipo Din, Jipo Chembo, Triwa Tambo, then Triwa Nipa, Chiranso, 
Geshe Nima, Chiran Jipo Chembo Chungo Din Rimbache, Chiran Jipo Chembo Din Chungo. Tambo Natsu, Natsu Jipu Gare. Then Jipo Din, Nepa Joa Mena, Jipo Dimba Yomare, Jipo Chungo, Nima Dakpar, Nga, Nason, Drogumare, Nima Dakpar, the Sanlo Dakpar, Jipo Chungo. Tata Yimba. The <laughs> Okay, so um, everybody um, in the room would have to answer that for themselves. If you have bodhicitta, if you have the mind that aspires to enlightenment, um, meaning day and night you think about nothing but becoming a Buddha for the sake of sentient beings, then you are a being of great capacity. If you don't have that, but day and night, all you do is think about getting out of cyclic, cyclic existence. You have renunciation. Then you are a being of medium capacity. If you have renunciation, you are a being of medium capacity. If you day and night don't think about anything but getting out of the lower realms of cyclic existence and achieving a higher realm rebirth, then you're a being of small capacity. So each individual has to answer that for him or herself. So that's that question. And then Chiranso? So Rinpoche said that um, no, I'm not a, um, a bodhisattva because I, I don't have bodhicitta, but I perhaps I may have renunciation. And so I perhaps could be a medium scope practitioner. So you, but there's nothing called teachings for beings of minuscule capacity. You know, like there's nothing below small capacity. And you said all the teachings of the Buddha are in those three categories. Right. So what? What do we, you know? Like we have to be in some. Like what? Why? I, we're just outside of those categories. Aspiring to be. As, aspiring to be a being of small capacity. Right. Okay. Right, some people don't even have any of that. Do you day and night think about getting out of the lower realms of cyclic existence? Do you day and night think of getting out of samsara? Do you day and night think of becoming a Buddha? 
and it isn't like yeah i think about it a lot it's it's just it it's your mind it's like bodhicitta is buddha mind and it doesn't mean you have the mind of a buddha it means that your mind is only thinking about becoming a buddha that's it that's your that's a, it's an actual consciousness bodhicitta mind of buddha so it's that invested you know a lot i just see so many westerners saying they're bodhisattvas and like i'm enlightened and because there's levels and it's just all wrong and it's just all making messed up soup out of buddhism yes in response to his last question can it be said that there are those who are not even aware that there's a cyclic existence and don't know that there's different paths and don't even have the awareness of buddhism period so well we that, know there's those we don't right, need to ask but is that but is that what is that what you're referring to i guess those who because they just say it's a compendium like all the teachings are within those categories so there's like when they first started you know, it doesn't say all the practitioners right right it's just the teachings it says that there are the, the there are these th every teaching that was ever given will fit in these 3 and if you have this realization, you're considered this. If you have that, you're considered that. So it's just in a, something to aspire to be or to get to. I guess because you say they are teachings for beings of small capacity, as if they're not teachings for us, because right. we're not beings of small capacity. Right. Well, the but Mahayana teachings, teachings are teachings, a great vehicle or for, for those with bodhicitta. It's all aspiring to become. If it was you had to be it before you could study it, then you wouldn't need to study That's, it. That was kind of it doesn't question. make any sense. Right. So it's uh, it's just like anything else. It's like it's so it's like okay, there's this these set of realizations you try to get to, like the beginner before beginner. Where everything doesn't have to have a label, or we don't all need to have a position in the army. It, it's just like. There are these realizations, and, and they don't necessarily um, have to happen in that order either, they, it's said. Rinpoche, the Jipo, Jipo, the Jipo Chongo Dan Jipo Din, the, the, me kashe, the Nima Dakpar, the, the Nason Dan Dendru, the Yapi Omar Itsano Dangudu. Then eh, the the Jipo Chungo Dan Jipo Din Jipo Chembo the Genza Rimbache Gangisene the Mekashe the Nyamdu Yomaribe Gangisene the Genza Genza Serna Then eh, Tam Jipo Chungo Tsar Then eh, Nge Jipo Jin Drogure Nene the Yomare the Nyamdu then then Kandre What the Jipo Chungo and Jin Bonijin rather than the and so you can't look at it like stairs um, in, the, in that sense. Um, but there are necessary qualities that the ones before it have, the next one needs. Um, so, because I said a lot of practitioners study the downfalls of all the realms at, right from the beginning, as a lot of Westerners we do. We, we, study, we don't sit and study the downfalls of the lower realms and spend a year on that and then get to the point where we don't like that and then study the downfalls of the higher realms. We study the downfalls of all of it to try to seek renunciation. So Rinpoche said you can't look at it like a set of stairs um, because you might meditate every day on the downfalls of all of it and 
simultaneously want to get out of the th lower and higher realms. You hear what I'm saying? Like if you're, every day from the beginning of studying Buddhism, you never studied just the lower realms. You always studied the downfalls of the higher and lower realms. Then you would, could have a simo-realization of wanting to get out of both. That's all. But one could argue that it was because in previous lives you studied the small scope. And then, so. Did that answer? Geshe-la. You gotta ask Geshe-la. Geshe-la, Lenjat Mason. Chiran Jipo Chungo, Jipo Din, Jipo Chembo. Chiran. Chungo. He's a small scope practitioner. Chungo Jiloso. Oh, he said, if you're small, then teach it. All right, let's go. Let's move on. Let's do that. Let's get a book and let's do some dedication. <laughs> Ready? Everybody good? <laughs> the fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers. Adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well, with whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times. I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness, all powerful, Avalutesvara, Tenjinyatso, may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandok, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance.